Good morning, everyone. Um, we are in this series at the moment that we're calling Connect Four, where we're seeking to help people respond to today's issues through current wisdom and engaging with um, the biblical narrative, leading to life application. That's our goal. So small goals. <laughs> um, our hope is that this series provides support and encouragement um, to those um, that are with us here, but also those that we connect with. Um, so if you come across this um, video or podcast for the first time, we want to say welcome. And we hope that as we cover topics like racism and self-care and loneliness and families, that you will find them helpful. So this morning, um, we are looking at this issue of work. Um, and before we go any further, I just want to say that it's, um, it's a massive issue. So uh, we won't be addressing everything possible because I do want you to have lunch today. So um, before we go any further, we might stop and just um, pray for a moment and um, ask God to just um, prepare our hearts. Lord Jesus, we uh, thank you so much for who you are. God, we pray this morning as we um, come to this issue and we come to um, unpacking it together, thinking through um, what we know from um, evidence and research in the world and what we know from um, your word that you will help us put those things together in a really helpful way. Lord, we pray that you would um, challenge each of us this morning, that you would draw us closer to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, one of the things that is most talked about in our world um, is work. So whether it's that you're looking for work or you found new work um, or you're waiting to be able to finish work and retire, um, we want to say, oh, we dislike our work or we want to change but we don't know to what. Um, work occupies a large piece of our lives and much of our conversations. Um, and now, more than ever, um, in the midst of this pandemic, we find that hundreds of thousands of people have lost their jobs through no fault of their own. Um, and the people that still have jobs um, are doing them really differently. Their work is happening from home and they're using the phone a lot more or they're using their laptop or they're using the, um, doing things over the internet, doing church by Zoom. Um, and as people work from home, these boundaries and distinctions between work life and home life are blurring. Or maybe, depending on the industry that you're connected with, you found that you actually have increased work or increased stress. Um, connected with the work under the current environment. At the moment, these changes that are happening with um, work and employment, they fill our news broadcasts and our conversations. And these changes aren't just about paid work either. Maybe you've officially retired um, and have an art presentation in three weeks, as we heard this morning. <laughs> um, but in this season, the work that you have been doing um, whether that was caring for children or grandchildren, volunteering on boards or in community organisations, managing a sports team, creating a garden, writing a book. Um, all of that work may have substantially changed. Or maybe that you feel at the moment you actually aren't able to do it anymore at all. Work is one of the most important aspects of our lives, whether it's paid or not. But what do we do when we find ourselves without work? Or when our work has significantly changed and maybe it doesn't feel fruitful or satisfying anymore? 
When we think about work, it was really lovely when people shared this morning. Um, I hope that was nice for everyone else to have a bit of um, a sense of what people were up to. But um, we had kind of this broad spectrum of people thinking about work as what you're employed to do, but also more broadly. And work, when we think about it, can be defined as anything that you put effort into for a given purpose or to achieve a result. So lots of things kind of fall into that, that bracket. But I want you to have a think about it now. What is it that occupies your time when you aren't connected here on Zoom on a Sunday morning? Are you learning something, caring for someone, raising children, raising a garden? Are you feeding people in your household? Are you keeping it clean? Are you encouraging one another? Are you praying or reading or managing people? Are you creating products or delivering services? Are you designing or planning something? These are all things that are part of our work, whether we're paid for them or not. So as we think about work this morning, I want you to think about what it looks like for you at the moment, whether you're paid employment or not. So we recognise that we've got all these changes um, happening in our work at the moment. Whole bunch of changes. Why is that important? Why does it matter? We know that unemployment impacts people economically. There's been a lot of conversation about that um, in our time at the moment. Unemployment figures and changes to the rhythms of our work have an economic impact. And if you're without employment, it is definitely affecting your ability to pay rent and to buy food. But work, paid or not, is about more than just an income. Work is important to humans because it provides meaning and purpose. It provides social connection, daily structure, an opportunity to learn and the satisfaction of achieving goals. Um, research that's done into worker wellbeing has found that the salary attached to employment isn't the only, or in some cases, even the main thing about work that contributes to people's wellbeing. As much as we might complain about it from time to time, having work is good for our wellbeing, not just our bank balance. So when we lose our job, or when we retire, or when our work significantly changes, it impacts our wellbeing, particularly if that, that happens, that change happens in an unexpected time. Based on the evidence and psychology, good practice suggests that the following things are important for people when they face unemployment, retirement, or when you're no longer able to do what you were doing um, due to external circumstances. Kind of, I mean, there's a whole bunch of them, but these are kind of the three things that were in common, I guess, across the, the research that I looked at. So um, find ways to keep the rhythm in your life. Remember that you, are not your job or your work. And third, stay connected to people. And I was um, thinking about this, and this is just, this isn't from the research, this is just my two cents worth, but I imagine that these same factors are important for people who are overworking, for people who um, we may say are workaholics or overinvested in work. They too, to keep the balance, find ways to keep rhythm in your life, Remember that you are not your job and to stay connected to people. It still seems like fairly sound advice for, for people in that other category. 
So what we're going to do in the time that remains this morning is look at what the Bible has to say about these three factors, and then we're going to spend some time unpacking what it might look like to put these things into practice. So when we come to the Bible, work is there from the very beginning. God is a God who works. In Genesis 1-1, we very first verse, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. A couple of weeks ago, Alethea, um, if you were with us, Alethea had us all been creative and shaping and creating things out of Play-Doh. And um, while this is fun for us, it could also be work if we were intentional and purposeful in our design and our shaping, not just playing. Creating is work. And second part, God created us to do work and work for us to do. So later in Genesis, we find um, Genesis 2 verse 15, the Lord placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend it and to watch over it. Adam was a gardener. What's interesting, though, I find, is that Adam's first task doesn't have anything to do with keeping a garden. I don't know if you've ever noticed that before. His first job, do you know what it was? It was naming the creatures, the created things. God puts Adam in the garden, asks him to tend it and to watch over it, and then he gives him another task. God doesn't give Adam just a single skill or a single goal. His purpose is to steward the garden, to care for it, to love it, to enjoy it, not just to produce um, food or flowers or anything else. So um, God intends human to do work, humans to do work. Um, and that work is varied. It's not just one thing. And this was true um, throughout the Old Testament, and this was true when Jesus walked the earth, and it was true after the resurrection. Jesus had a job. If you ever thought too much about that, we don't spend too long thinking about it. But before his three years of travelling around and um, doing his ministry, Jesus was a carpenter or a stonemason. He had a job. In Paul's letters, we find numerous occasions where he talks about his work and the work of others. And that work wasn't just about sharing the gospel, healing, or praying, or church planting. Paul was a tent maker for a time. That was his job. Work is important. We were created for work, and what we do for work matters. You just get um, David to throw that slide back up. So Ephesians um, 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Or that, you know, other, verses, other versions will say planned in advance. God's creative work extends to us and to, into the work that we will do. Everyone has a different role, a different skill set, something that they do well. We were created this way and no job or work is greater or more important than any other. I think we've seen a recognition of this in our world at the moment um, as the importance of cleaners and supermarket attendants and delivery drivers has been made very apparent. <laughs> and there has been a recognition that teachers and childcare workers do amazingly um, amazingly valuable work, um, particularly when parents have tried to teach their small people from home. 
In 1 Corinthians 12, we find a passage that describes the community of believers as a body made up of different parts, with no part more important than any of the others. Um, and no part that can function alone. The most honourable part needs the less honourable part. In Romans, in Romans 12, verses 6 to 8, we read the following. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, then take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. What we see here is that people are designed for work and whatever that work is, it doesn't make the person any more or less valuable. All work deserves respect and dignity. But work is intended to benefit others. It's intended to benefit the wider community, to contribute to the whole of the body. And the work we do, whatever that work is, we're called to do it well. So work is important and it does matter what you do, but it does have a place. So if we came back to Genesis, kind of moving through Genesis this morning as it goes, and the third thing that we find in Genesis is that God created a rhythm for work and rest. And we could spend a lot of time digging into this and we can get okay. another day if you like. But God built in the rhythm of Sabbath into his work and then also into the lives of the people of Israel. In Genesis 2 verse 1 we find, um, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. And on the seventh day God had finished all his work of creation and so he rested from his work. So when we hear that the worldly evidence says find ways to keep the rhythm in your life, this is also biblical. Everyone's rhythm looks different. But having a regular time to rest is important. When we look at the sweep of scripture, the rhythm of Sabbath is in place for two primary reasons. First, to remind the people that the creation is sustained without their working and to remind them they can trust God with their well-being. Both of those reasons are about recognising that God is God and we are not. This keeps work in its proper place. Work is important. Having purpose is important. Doing your work well is important. But our lives are about glorifying God and not building a name for ourselves through our great work. We are created to do work, but that is not our only purpose. Which brings us to the second kind of piece of wisdom from the world, which is you are not your job. Whatever your job is or your work is at the moment, it is not all of you. It does not define you. We don't find our identity in what we do. I think we know this in our heads. I think we kind of um, intuitively that makes sense to us. But it is still one of the first questions that we ask people when we meet them, isn't it? What is it that you do? When you're not here, um, here on Zoom, I even asked you this morning, when you're not here on Zoom um, on a Sunday morning, what are you doing? Our work shapes us. 
Absolutely. But it isn't all of who we are. Worldly wisdom insists that people are not their work and it encourages people to think about other roles and relationships that contribute to their personhood. You're a son or you're a daughter, you're a friend, a sibling, a mentor, a grandmother, an uncle. But what if you aren't? There are people in our world who have sacrificed everything in their lives for a certain career. Maybe they don't feel like they have any other relationships or roles. They have become their work and they have let their work own them. For them, losing their work is like losing their life. Incidentally, just as an aside, this is why rhythm, that um, work-life balance if you prefer that term, that's why it's vital to us not just when our work changes, but in the midst of our work. It helps keep our identity separate from our work. But if we didn't have that balance and we find ourselves completely shattered by the changes to our work, what then? How does this Bible speak to us in this place? In 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, it goes like this. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. We are not our job because we are loved by God first. We're not loved for our work or for how much we contribute to society, how much we can provide for our family, or even how well we care for those in need. Those things are all good things, but they are not the reason that God loves you. If you hear nothing else this morning, I want you to hear this. You are loved by God. This is the relationship that brings identity. Everyone has access to this relationship, even if you've been consumed by your work up until now. You are not your job. You are loved by God. And God cares about who you are becoming much more than what you do for a job. We are shaped through our life, the whole of our life, into the people that we will be for eternity. Our work is part of how God shapes us. But it's not just about the work itself. It's about the people that we choose to be as we go about our work. The passage that Alethea read to us earlier um, was written to people in a world where slavery existed. And Paul wrote to them and said, um, particularly addressing the slaves, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything that you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Paul here is not commenting on the rightness um, of social norms or of slavery. What he's saying is that in whatever situation you find yourself, do that role with honour and blessing, not because it's demanded of you or because you're forced to, but because in your work, Demonstrating integrity and blessing to those around you 
is how God would have you do this work, whatever that work is. You are not your job, but God will shape you through your work. So we were created to do work, but we were also created for a relationship. That relationship first is with God, but also with other people. And this brings us to that last piece of advice, worldly advice, stay connected with people. And this piece of um, worldly wisdom is also affirmed by the Bible. For many people in our world, work is their primary source of relationships. I was speaking to someone um, this week and they shared that their primary community is their work community. They don't know many other people locally. They aren't in sports teams or community groups. Their work is their community. So when we lose our job, we may also be losing our community. When you suddenly have all your meetings on Zoom um, and you work from home, some parts of that feeling of community connection are lost. I mean, we know that here too, don't we? Like we have a conversation at the beginning and the end of our Zoom sessions, but it's not the same, is it? And for um, some people in our community, they're not able to connect with us, so we miss out altogether. If we continue reading from that passage in 1 John 4, verses 11, 12 go like this. Dear friends, since God, us, God loved us that much, surely we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. We experience God's love in and through community. Staying connected to people is good for our souls. So we have some current issues. We've heard some sound advice that's based on research and good practice in the field of worker wellbeing, and we can see that advice is affirmed in the biblical narrative. So what now? How do we connect all these things together and put them into practice? Well, I think part of, part of this is that um, we all have different spaces and different challenges at the moment. So rather than just pulling out like, here's the one application, I've got some questions and I'm hoping that one or more of these might resonate with, with where you're at right now. Um, so the questions are gonna be up on the screen. I'll read them out to you as well. So first, have a think about what is your work right now? In this season, whether you are paid or, or not paid, what is your work? Second, I think we should ask ourselves this question. How are we keeping a rhythm in our lives that provides space for both work and rest? What is that rhythm for you? What does it look like? Third, regardless of what our work is, how are we doing it? Are we working willingly with integrity and a desire to bless those around us, including our boss? And lastly, who are you connected with? Do you know what their work is? Not just their job, their employment, but what is their work? What is their purpose? What are they doing? How can you support the people that you know through your work um, who may have no other community other than you? What might that look like? Just leave that up on the screen for a minute in case you want to just read through those again for yourself. I want to give us some time to kind of um, think about these questions 
Um, but I also wanted to give you some options, some kind of, you know, okay, I'm feeling challenged by these questions. I'm seeing that there's some stuff going on. What now? How do we take some steps? What does this look like? How do we respond? And so um, just got a, a couple of um, small steps that you can start with from today. And I'm going to put this up and then we'll um, play some music for you to respond. And obviously at the bottom of this slide, you can see that um, if, you, if you want to write something in response, you can um, chat through Northern Community or um, send a text to that um, number or email myresponse at nccc.org.au. And these are the things that I think um, we, can, we can do as a first step. So we can pray and ask God to show us the work that he has for us in this season. We could commit to setting aside a regular time to remember that the world will keep spinning without you working. And to commit to spend that time that you set aside doing something that reminds you of who God is. Reminds you that God is God. And you are not. You can pray for someone that you know through your work. Pray for them to be blessed and to do well. Pray first and then this week, take some steps to encourage them, to remind them that you care about them, them as a person, not just the work that they do. I'm just going to take a minute to um, reflect on that and then um, I'll pray and for us. Thanks, David.